Um, it also indicates that you will make money through spoken word mediums like the internet. Oh, stop. And writing. Um, <laughs> we should have gotten higher for doing this. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to A Little About A Lot. This is a podcast by... Kelsey McDermott. <laughs> last name. Hello, last name. And Becky. With right. The, no, hidden oh. last name. Oh, sorry. <laughs> you should just bleep out my Becky's last name when I say it. Sorry, Becky Lynn. Also, <laughs> my last name is easily searchable. I know, that's yeah, the thing. It was right. just weird. Okay. Okay. Um, we're also known as the Sora Girls on YouTube. We like to chat about things going on in our lives and different ideas we have about the world and respond to our audience sometimes. We hope you guys end up knowing a little bit more about a lot of different things after our podcast. Me too, me too. So speaking about learning things, um, today we're going to explore the stars, the moon, and ourselves by getting our astrological charts read. This is exciting. This is exciting. I feel like I've done varying levels of this, Mm -hmm. but like, I don't know. I feel like I've never... Um, what's the word? Like I've never, <laughs> I've never asked to have this done. I've always just found myself in situations where people are like, "Oh, let me tell you." But now I'm like here and I'm ready. Yeah, like I'm excited to learn. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I feel like my friend Ariana. Shout out to Ariana. She will just like read your sign. She'll be like, "What's your birthday? What's your time?" And then like look it up. Mm-hmm. But there's yeah, there's all different levels. It's like anybody can kind of like look it up too. Or like every teen magazine that has a horoscope in it is some sort of degree of this as well, right? Yeah, but I feel like that's like the BS. Mm-hmm. depending on your feelings towards it. I mean, what are your feelings towards this overall? I'm not sure. I know. I feel like maybe I'll have a better idea towards the end of today. I, I believe that there's something to do with, like, all of humanity being connected to space in general, but the fact that, you know, when the moon comes closer, the tides shift. Like, it's very obvious that yeah. everything is connected in space. I, I know. It makes sense. Like, we're so small, and there's so much going on in, in the universe that, of course, changes out there would make sense to what's going on here. Yeah, like the same way that like when it's a sunny day or like versus a cloudy day, it affects your mood or Mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm getting a headache and then it rains later in the day. You're like, ah, that's why. I feel like, yeah, it could make sense that like the moon and the stars and everything aligning could totally affect the way you're feeling. But as for the exact time that you're born and where you're born, that I'm not too convinced on. So I'm excited to find out more of that which is why we're excited to welcome savannah to our podcast hi savannah hey guys she's here to help us out learn more about um astrology and all of that kind of stuff so do you want to introduce yourself and tell us how you know us yeah well uh, my name is savannah i will say i'm an amateur astrologer uh, Mm -hmm. but i'm super into it you would know me because i am daniella's roommate Mm -hmm. so i have benefited greatly (laughs) from your uh diy leftovers and our living room (laughs) which we love check out um like what is it entranceway makeover makeover, small living room hacks makeover Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah, those are to name a few. And Daniela is the producer of this podcast as well, if you guys didn't know. So, Savannah, can you tell us and everybody else listening, break it down in layman's terms, what actually is astrology and what does it mean? Yeah, so um, the way I like to describe it is astrology is essentially a belief that there's a correlation between celestial observations and terrestrial events. So it's kind of believing that the energy and the movement of the planets around us are affecting your life on Earth. Uh, people who believe in reading birth charts and or natal charts as we call them Uh, a natal chart is sort of like a snapshot of the sky the very moment you entered the world which is why your birth time is important to sort of get the full picture of it 
and people who believe in the accuracy of natal charts, we sort of believe that the energy of the universe, the exact moment you entered the world, uh, greatly affects the future events of your life. I wouldn't go as far as to say like total psychic, you know exactly like when you're Mm going to get married or like, you know, when you're going to graduate. But I would say it gives you a pretty general picture of the energies in your life where you pour certain energies into and and can give you a better understanding, I think, of yourself and the way you operate. Okay. I did watch a Vox episode, I think, recently on this. You know, like Vox Explained on Netflix. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which also there is some like negative things about Vox Explained or like these little like five minute videos that explain something because then all of a sudden everybody thinks there's an expert because they watch like a five minute Mm -hmm, video. mm -hmm. But I did find it interesting. I was watching that video, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. the Chinese also mm-hmm. believe it's like a version of this like it goes oh, along yeah. with the whole like year of the monkey and everything mm-hmm. like that and those all are kind of like related to astrology and they're saying i think the year of the dragon or something was unlucky yeah um and then people weren't having babies that year wow isn't that crazy that is crazy like That's oh we crazy. can't have a baby this year because it's an unlucky year based on astrology yeah there it's kind of crazy there's so many different belief systems with astrology um if we're talking the history of astrology it goes all the way back Um, as early as like Mesopotamians, uh, definitely Egypt uh, has informed a lot of astrology. I think the oldest history of astrology is mostly in the Hindu religion. Mm, Yes. Um, When it comes to like natal charts and birth charts, there's sort of a, I like to read tropical birth charts, which is more uh, Western astrology, I'd say, but the Hindu system believes in something called sidereal. Mm -hmm. I think I'm saying it right, birth charts. But like the Chinese astrology, um, it focuses more on you know, astrological years defined by animals, like year of the pig, yeah. year of the dragon. That's crazy. I'm not the most familiar with it. I know I was born in the year of the pig. Just, uh, <laughs> I just know that. Okay. I know I'm really proud to be born in the year of the monkey. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. like, seems very cool. <laughs> okay, so I have a very important question. Mm-hmm. Very important. Yes. What the heck does Mercury is in retrograde <laughs> mean? Yeah, I feel like when people think of astrology, that's the first thing they think of is people on Twitter yelling about Mercury being in retrograde. It's mm-hmm. such an Instagram caption. Mm-hmm. I saw I saw a YouTube video, I forget who, but someone was explaining why they were having a horrible time because of Mercury. It's yeah. like, what is, the, what is this? <laughs> so like when we say Mercury's in retrograde, a fun thing about retrograde is it's not just for <laughs> <thing>. Mercury. <laughs> Technically, all of the planets do it. Okay, wait, yeah, I've heard like mm-hmm. Juniper. Oh, wait. Jupiter. <laughs> Who's Juniper? Who's she? Yeah. <laughs> Jupiter is in retrograde too. Mm-hmm. Um, when we say a planet's in retrograde, it's actually an astronomical term. It's it's an actual thing that happens. Uh, retrograde basically means that from our vantage point on Earth, the way that the planet is orbiting around us, it appears to be moving backwards away from Earth in motion. It's not just an astrology thing. Um, in like the study of astronomy, planets will appear to be in retrograde all the time. So. I'm not very good at like math and science, but it's just from our vantage viewpoint on Earth, the way Earth is positioned in its orbit in relation to the orbit of Mercury. When we're looking at it in the sky, it looks like it's moving farther away, but that's not actually happening. It's still continuing its its regular course. It's just the way we view it from our planet. Oh. Um, when planets go into retrograde, um, usually the energy of that planet is intensified um, and normally in a negative way. And because Mercury is one of the more inner planets in our solar system and kind of closer to Earth, it goes into retrograde way more often. I was going to say, like, how often? Because I feel like Mm -hmm. everybody 
is always saying it's in retrograde. I would say at least every three months. Oh my gosh. Or something and like, like that. And like for like, is it like a day or is it like a week? It normally lasts like two and a half weeks, I'd say to a month long sometimes at certain points. Um, so every three months you could be claiming you're having a bad month. Kind of, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it, it truly depends. <laughs> well, it's not necessarily every three months, I guess I should clarify. It's, it, it really also depends on Earth's uh, orbit. Mm-hmm. Um, and plus the planet's movements are always shifting and always sort of moving just from, again, a very science perspective that I'm not very physics focused. <laughs> but we consider Mercury the planet mostly defined by communication. Oh. Um, so when Mercury goes into retrograde... Um, we sort of we sort of begin to have problems with logic thinking and communication especially written printed and spoken ideas so people will say when mercury's in retrograde you know you shouldn't you shouldn't sign a contract you shouldn't <gasps> buy a house you shouldn't do anything crazy in your life when it's happening because there's a likelihood that it could go wrong and there's also a stronger chance that things might get overlooked things could get lost in the shuffle people find i mean this mercury retrograde is when we had that fun day where like Twitter and Instagram and everything went Whoa. down and lots of like <laughs> Becky's a believer. <laughs> Becky just yeah. became a believer. Literally. Tell me more. <laughs> and you feel like kind of like silly being like haha it's because it's Mercury retrograde but like sometimes we kind of feel that way. Um, I find whenever Mercury's in retrograde and I know that I incline to believe it more because I believe in astrology but I find all the time during Mercury retrograde my work will have problems with our internet or I'll send an email with a really bad typo or Someone will get back to me with like a mistake and like an invoice or something. And there's always just these little frustrating problems. But it's also a good time, too, because it's a really great time to uh, take a moment to sit with yourself and just remind yourself to focus more on the way you're communicating with yourself and with others. It's a good time to like remind yourself it's good to slow down and really think about the way that you're speaking so you're not compromising anything. So what does it mean if... Jupiter, I'm not going to say Juniper again. <laughs> is Mercury in retrograde right now? Mm-hmm. Um, Jupiter, what does that mean if Jupiter is in retrograde? Like, what's that planet? Jupiter is the planet we most commonly associate with um, with luck, optimism, um, oh. but also big picture, big life movements. Jupiter can go into retrograde, but unlike Mercury, it's a planet kind of like Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. They're super far out. So their orbits from like an astronomy perspective are super slow. Right. So they don't often go into retrograde, but when they do... It's for a long time. It, it's for a long time because they move so slowly in relation to the Earth and the Sun. Oh, my goodness. Um, normally when these planets are in retrograde, um, it just sort of... The energy is hyper-focused. It's, it's really cool if you ha- know your birth chart to look at where Jupiter is in your birth chart, which house it's in, and it can sort of show where energy might be more intensified or where things can go wrong. Or people find during Jupiter retrograde, maybe you're a little more unlucky than usual bad luck tends to strike Hmm. in the terms of the big picture where mercury retrograde is very minimal it's like you know messing up a text sending a wrong email or the internet goes (laughs) down it's usually pretty it's communication but it's sometimes kind of petty right right Hmm. interesting Mm -hmm. okay so is anything in is anything in retrograde right now what are we doing right now well fun fact mercury retrograde ends tomorrow oh though lots of people there's usually a bit of a shadow period so things sort of still you're still sort of feeling it for a week or two after okay but retrograde's ending which means mercury's back into its sort of direct station so you can expect 
hopefully in the next week. If you've been having any problems with communication, if you've been feeling kind of muddled and confused right now, don't worry. Mercury is finally getting back to where she belongs and things should hopefully smooth down. I've just been stressed. I don't know if that's... Can I ask a question too? Mm -hmm. Um, So if Mercury and all these planets aren't actually shifting the way they're moving, it's just all perception, Mm -hmm. Mm. how do we know that it's going to end when it's going to end? Um, that's like a a bit of like an astronomy thing again. It just means its position, its degree in the sky. Okay, I see. When we observe Mercury, it no longer appears to be moving backwards. It it's looks like it's back on. Like course. when it's hitting these degrees, it's mm-hmm. like falling into an optical illusion state. Kind of thing. Right. Yeah, I think some people, when it comes to astrology, think it's a lot of. Um, I think they don't realize that there is sometimes a little bit of math and mm-hmm. astronomy involved. Because I think a lot of people have this idea that astrology is very kind of made up in a way mm-hmm. but it's actually so clearly related so closely to astronomy which is very science-based right mm-hmm. yeah it, it really is um, a lot of it has to do with um, the mathematical relation between the planets if you're a super intense astrologer I think a lot of people think of it again as like you know the cosmopolitan little paragraph at the end of the magazine yeah. that <laughs> says like you're gonna find a boyfriend or yeah. like, you know, <laughs> work's gonna go great but if you get really intense into it or really deep into it, um, it can get pretty pretty mathematical. And along with that, a lot of the, uh, the meanings behind the planets or the things that define the signs, um, it's also like a very spiritual religious thing for a lot of people. Yeah. I That's mean, also what I was realizing. It is mm-hmm. very spiritual and religious, but like kind of without the god element i think yeah um i think that's the thing i like about it the most because i like to think of astrology as it sort of feeds my belief that in the universe we are all like sort of celestial linked beings and you know we come from the universe we're all made of the same matter so i don't find it hard to believe that our energy between the planets is shared as easily as the energy between people or the energy between you and your pet or you and the other people in your life or you and your environment you and nature like the same way you could feel an energy shift when you walk into a beautiful forest is the same way you can feel an energy shift when you look at the influence of a planet like I like to think that it's all connected I know it can be very um very um I don't want to say hippie-ish but you know (laughs) people could think that yeah whether it's true or not yeah people might think that I think it's like it's like a nice belief system and it's not very god-based I kind of like that Everything about my experience with astrology has been about deepening and creating a better understanding of myself and the type of person I am and the way I pour energy into certain areas of my life and why I might do so and ways I could change. That's why I like I don't like to think of a horoscope or a birth chart as a be all end all of who you are as a person. I like to think of it as this is where you're probably more prone to pour your energy and you can use that as a way to understand yourself and then also make changes if it's in a kind of negative spot. Mm-hmm. I love how, that. Sorry. How much do you let astrology like affect your life or guide your life? Or how much do you think you should let it affect your life or guide your life? Um, that's a great question. I don't think I let it drive my life in terms of like, it's not like Mercury's in retrograde, I'm going to hide in my house and like do nothing or... Mm-hmm. It's not like I look at my birth chart and I think, I'm a Leo, so I'm going to act exactly this way and nothing's going to change. I like to use it, I think I like to use it more as a comfort in knowing myself and knowing other people. Um, I like to use it to look forward to the future and to anticipate astrological events. And I take comfort in knowing 
if this is the energy that's happening in the universe right now and it's why I'm having a hard time, I understand that and I can like take better care of myself during a more sensitive time or yeah. better celebrate during a more positive time. Yeah, because we were discussing earlier how sometimes it might seem like people often use it as a crutch. Yes, Mm -hmm. that's my thoughts. Explain things that are going on, like for example, Mercury in retrograde. Like, oh, I'm having a horrible week, and none of it's my fault, and I can't change any of it. It's all because of Mercury in retrograde, and I just have to wait like a week and a half for it to be over. Yeah, or like I'm an emotional girl, and I cry all the time, and but none of it's my fault because I'm this sign, Mm -hmm. and it's like sometimes. There's a little bit of responsibility, I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. I really don't – I don't really like people who use it as a crutch. I'm totally in the same boat. <laughs> I think it's a super interesting thing. I really like it. I think it's added a lot of interest and joy and understanding to my life. But I would never want to be the type of person who uses it as an excuse mm-hmm. or a be-all, end-all explanation. Again, I like to just think of it as a predisposition or this is something that's likely to happen, so be aware. But I think people who – you know, we'll say, I'm a Pisces, so I cry all the time, and, like, that's that, and you can't stop me. It's yep. like, okay, maybe maybe as Pisces we're a little more emotional than others, but that doesn't mean you can use that as an excuse. Or Plus, like, I guess to other people who don't get it, it's, like, kind of, it sounds so silly <laughs> to be, like, the stars are the reason I'm going to be a jerk today or something. <laughs> well, I like what you said about using it as a learning tool, too. That's really interesting. Like, understanding that maybe that, that lends a hand to why you might be that way, but then using that to make changes about yourself Mm -hmm. i like that that's cool okay i really want to know about our birth charts i want you to read us but we're gonna do that after this quick break so we love youtube we love our podcast but really the thing that we're gonna go to first to announce events or anything exciting is instagram so this is just a friendly reminder if you guys aren't following us on instagram it's the sorry girls we're the sorry girls on pretty much everything you can head to instagram the sorry girls and give us a little follow and if you use the hashtag sorry girl squad we can see all of your diy creations i personally like them like i give them a like because it is just so happy to see it's the highlight of my day when i see your recreations and if you want to say anything about the podcast you can use hashtag a l a l podcast to comment on this All right, we're back, and I'm really excited to hear our birth charts. So again, can you remind me and everyone listening what exactly a birth chart is? And I know there's, like, everyone kind of knows what their astrological sign is. Yeah. But I've heard there's other things, like you are Move this. Rising. But you're this rising mm-hmm. in a this setting. Is that even the right word? I don't know. No, yeah. Um, you're on the right track. <laughs> so um, a birth chart Uh, We call it the natal chart. The natal chart is sort of a snapshot of the universe at the exact moment you were born, which is why it's really important to know the exact place and time and date, Um, especially the time, because things can, again, get really specific with planet positions. So a birth chart, um, picture like a pie. It's like a big circle. We start with your ascendant, which is the sign that was on the eastern horizon at the moment you were born. Okay. So without the ascendant, you can't truly do a natal chart. Um, you can kind of guess if you don't know your birth time and like just put noon and we can get your sun and your moon most likely. Right. And without the ascendant, you can't get super, super specific. So a birth chart, um, it's like a big circle and it's divided into the 12 houses. 
I love the pie, pie reference. Mm-hmm. I love a visual yeah, image. I, mean, I feel like I wish I could like show a picture or something. Danielle can show a picture on the blog post. Oh, okay, yeah, perfect. Thesargos.com. <laughs> I also love the the house references. I'm getting Harry Potter vibes. It's great. <laughs> Mm-hmm. We're just relating this to everything else. <laughs> so when it comes to a birth chart, um, in the sky, uh, there are 12 zodiac signs, um, which refer to sort of the the 12 lunar cycles that the moon moves through. Okay. Um, which is, again, li- linked to like ancient Egypt, the Chinese, the Greeks. But it's kind of like, um, you know, the time it takes a moon to go from like a waning moon to like a full moon, new moon. And every time it does this cycle, um, it moves through these different constellations that okay. are defined, you know, by Aries, Taurus, you know, all the other astrological signs. Your birth chart, uh, we divide the sky into 12 houses. Uh, the 12 houses sort of indicate uh, the places where the energy of planets play out. So when you were born, um, if your sun, in terms of where what the sky was looking at the day you were born, if your sun lies in the second house, um, it can mean the energy of your sun sign is playing out in the characteristics of that second house is where you're going to see it most obviously. Okay, so like where the sun was mm-hmm. in the sky closest to which astrological sign? Like where the, where constellation? the constellation? Yeah, it's kind of like a picture like, I'm going to use a pie again. Picture a pie yeah. cut into 12 slices and let's say you're And gonna, each slice is a... Each slice is a house and let's say the planets are, I don't know, Maybe we'll use a cake. Let's say it's a cake with 12 slices and the planets are sprinkles. Yeah. And each planet can get placed on a different slice. And sometimes it's pretty even. And sometimes the planets sort of cluster in terms of their orbit. Right. Because you can look out in the sky and they're like in a line. Yeah. So it's like, let's say like there are people, we call it having a stellium where it'll be like a lot of your planets ended up in this house. So a lot of your personality plays out in this kind of way. And the houses, uh, they refer to things like the first house has to do with your appearance. The second house has to do with, or your surface personality and appearance. The second house has more to do with money, values, self-esteem. Third house is like brothers and sisters and siblings. Sixth house, work environment. They all sort of mean different things. Okay. But are these also the constellation signs? No, no, no. no. The 12 houses are kind of just like... um, like slices of the sky, I'd say, where the lunar cycle is defined by the astrological signs. It can get very confusing. When I first got into astrology, I was like, I don't really understand. What is a house? Like, this makes no sense. So the moon moves through the 12 houses, though, is what you're saying? The no? moon the moon can, yeah. Like, if you're reading, like, an actual astrology blog with something better than, like, a cosmopolitan <laughs> sort of vibe, they're looking at the planet movements, but also where they lie. So it's like Mercury's in retrograde. Um, but it's in this house right now, or it's like in this house in the sky. But that all depends on your personal chart, your ascendant. So basically, if I was going to try and make it as say it as simply as possible, I would say that when we look at your birth chart and we look at where the planets were at the very moment you were born, when those planets start doing funky things, like Mercury now. going into retrograde, yeah, now, that is where the energy of retrograde, let's say, is primarily going to play out for you. Mm. Got it. Or... um. Like, that's why we say things when you have your Saturn return, for example. Saturn returning to the position where it was when you were born. Funky things can play out. Oh. And it happens at different times for different people because we're all born and Saturn's placed in different places. Gotcha. You know? Totally makes sense now. Thank you. I'm up first. Cool. So we did Kelsey's birth chart. 
Um, and it's very interesting. Ooh. So the things that I'm going to read for you guys today, okay. um, birth charts are very long-winded, yeah. and I decided to do a very short version of it because it's there's like 12 planets. It could take forever. Y- yeah. Um, so I decided to do only your inner planets, which we are the personal planets. So your sun, your moon, uh, your Mercury, your Venus, your Mars, and your ascendant. These are like the most personal planets to you. Okay. The sun representing sort of the core self. That's the horoscope you would read in a magazine, you know, based on your birth date, your sun sign. Got it. I thought that was moon. Mm -mm, Your moon sign is based on where the moon was when you were born. Uh, Moon sign usually indicating your inner self, your core self. So what's the reason that everybody immediately knows their sun sign? Is it because the sun is in the same space every single year because we base our year off of that yeah because the sun <gasps> sort of yeah smart becky oh God, I, can, I can be an astrologer too yeah the sun sun signs are the the positions of the sun sort of reflect uh like this astrological seasons and th- those are the ones that are based on birth dates where it's kind of like you know between the 21st and the 19th the sun is in aries and it's that way every year, which is yeah, why it's like, so easy to figure this it's out. It's so easy to figure it out because it's like, oh, I'm born August 15th. I'm a Leo because that's Leo season in terms of like the astrological season. Uh, but the moon mm-hmm. isn't always in the same place every no. May. No, the, <gasps> not always. <Yeah>. I'm learning <laughs> things. <laughs> yeah, it all has to do with like the rotation of the Earth, the rotation of the planets, orbit, math, math, math. Okay. But, uh, but the moon uh, in astro- astrology represents your sort of inner self, your core self. I would say it's like the you at night, like the you alone in the dark or the you in your head kind of thing. <laughs> your outward self is your ascendant, the eastern horizon sign. Okay. Um, people like to think of the ascendant as the mask. It's the you you present to the world. It's the you when a stranger meets you. It's how they might immediately perceive you. Okay. I find sometimes when I guess astrological signs, if I guess someone's a certain sign and I'm wrong it's usually their ascendant right sometimes I find uh, lots of astrologers believe that the ascendants matter the most and then like to do it super quick your mercury is sort of like your communication style the way you talk Um, people think of your venus as the way you love but it's also the planet of beauty so it's sort of like the things that you probably like the most aesthetically okay and then your mars uh, is usually your drive your will usually the way you express aggression you know, okay. Planet of War. Okay. Okay, let's start with Kelsey. Okay. Um, you have a very fun chart. <laughs> Yay. Um, not to totally psychoanalyze you, but I feel like you'll do the same to me because you're a Virgo. Oh. Um, so your son, is in, your son is in Virgo. Yeah. Um, I love a Virgo. Beyonce is a Virgo. I mean, there are so many great Virgos out there. Uh, Virgo is ruled by Mercury. You're very intellectual. You're very, I would assume you're a very smart person. But you're also like a thinker. I assume that you think you're very good at analyzing. You're very good at, I don't want to say criticizing, but (laughs) Virgos are usually critical people. I'll take that. Virgos, I would say they're just fine because they're respectable. They're hardworking. They're systematic. They're super knowledgeable and clean. Um, They can be very shy. I find mm-hmm. they can be a little nitpicky sometimes. <laughs> Becky um, will confirm that. <laughs> Virgos love to be self-sufficient and self-contained. Um, they you don't love the limelight, but you really like to feel appreciated and useful. If people aren't appreciating your usefulness, it makes you insecure. You nailed that. Wow. Um, <laughs> Remember when we figured out love languages and yes. I was like, what was my top one? It was like words, words of, of affirmation. affirmation. Oh my god, yep. that's so funny. Yep. Um, yeah, it's it's hilarious. Um, I, I would say that sometimes when people meet you, they might, and this is based on your son, so 
your ascendant and stuff plays into this too, but people might think of you as being unemotional yep. or maybe a little critical, yep. but that's not true because Virgos do have a lot of feelings, but you just want to get the work done yeah. and like do what you have to do. Like you don't really need, feel the need to sit down and like cry about it all the time. <laughs> the one thing I have to say with Virgos is that they can be way too hard on themselves mm-hmm. and they need to stop overanalyzing everything because yep. when you get in a bad mood, they can be really critical and like nervous because you can't help but being a perfectionist. Virgos, my one piece of advice is it's amazing that you're perfectionist, but like lower your standards, like let yourself be a mess sometimes, you know? <laughs> Got it. Your sun lies in your second house. The second house is the house of money, possessions and self-esteem. So to me, this usually indicates a person where material possessions and money are sort of low key tied to your sense of self. Okay. In yourself, in your ideas of self-worth and identity. It's not to say that you're a materialistic person, but maybe more that material possessions and money help you feel secure and self-sufficient. They're like ways that you can value your, um, I'd say like productivity or like, oh, I'm doing good because like, you know, I'm doing well in this area in my life. Right, right. People with their son in the house of money is usually very lucky because it means money comes easily uh, pretty easily to you or you won't you don't have any bad luck in terms of the area of money necessarily um, but advice for people with second house sons is to stop identifying who you are with what you have okay if you focus too much on material growth uh, you can miss out on the more emotional parts of life um, I find sometimes second house people can be collectors too not me actually mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. opposite but maybe that mm-hmm. is because of another mm-hmm. sign that you'll get to. That we'll get to. I think so. Why I'm not a collector. Also, I find sometimes with second house son people, their ideas of self-sufficiency and wealth and identity come from their father figures primarily because it's a masculine house. Like literally my father? Like your father, maybe your father was a super successful person and like it helped you feel secure and confident to sort of follow his path. My father definitely likes to manage money. Yeah. He's like one of those people, you know, like where you like categorize like for business we like categorize our receipts and stuff like that like he'll Mm -hmm. do that for like personal purchases yeah like oh i spent this much at this like restaurant and like every day like categorizes it and i'm like i can't (laughs) (laughs) but i feel like you take on a little bit of that like you learn so much Mm -hmm. stuff from your dad that you're always mentioning yeah it's true and like guess who runs the like accounting at the sorry girls is it your dad? No, it's me. No, it's <laughs> but I was like, oh my god. But there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Although I'm sure when he retires, he, he would happily take over that role. <laughs> so I'm gonna move on to your moon. Okay. So your moon is a Gemini moon, which is low key so crazy to me. I would not have anticipated. Ooh. Um, I find I love Gemini's personally. Aren't they two faced? See, here's the thing. People always say Gemini's <laughs> are two faced. I like to I like to say that a Gemini is adaptable. <laughs> Is, is that like is a nice now. way of saying it? Kind of a positive kind spin. Of. Well, people will say two-faced, and I think that they assume that Geminis are inherently fake, but I like to think more that Geminis uh, can be exactly who they need to be and, like, know they can read the energy in a room and respond to it really easily, where other people can get kind of caught up in themselves. Uh, Gemini moons, uh, you are not one to sit still. Um, your inner mind, I would find it's very active. And your decision making is informed more by rules than actual emotion. So when you have to make a big choice, um, I don't think you would make a choice because um, it's the one that satisfies your emotional needs primarily. You're more, you know, logical about it and thinking about all the different factors. Mm-hmm. Um, 
With uh, Gemini moons, I find that you're constantly evolving. You're naturally social, can put others at ease, a good conversationalist, sometimes a bit of a gossip. Oh, oh, um, okay. But, <laughs> uh, but so I find Gemini moons, they sometimes find it hard to relax and wind down when it's like, you're alone at night. I need to like make time for that. Yeah, it's like I'm alone at night and it's time to go to bed, but you're like still thinking about stuff. And yeah. like, sometimes you might find that you need constant stimulation um, as a comfort. An ideal partner for you would be someone who could help soothe uh, your more nervous temperament sometimes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, this brings up a good question I have. Mm-hmm. You know, how we're talking about these bad Cosmo like horoscopes. Mm-hmm. They always say like, your yeah. ideal mate is this. Is there any truth to that? Um, with your sun sign, I don't think so. I think it depends more on your like a, your whole chart. But I, I think they're, I mean, again, this is me not wanting to sound like a person where astrology rules my life, but I think there's something to be said about the signs of your partner. Um, people will often do, um, they're called synastry charts, and it's where you compare the charts of yourself and your partner, and you can see where your energies like reflect each other's and play out. And I think that would just be interesting. Like, it's not necessarily mm-hmm. like, yeah, oh, now you have to break up. No, but like, yeah. you would just be like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Or like, mm, that doesn't make sense, but at least just like acknowledging it. So I would say, uh, yeah, a Gemini moon, you can be a little um, in your head and you can be a little go, 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 go all the time. Mm-hmm. And a biggest struggle for a Gemini moon is finding a chance to just like exhale, like sit still. It's true be quiet within ourselves, And then I get angry at those around me when I mm-hmm. don't have that time, even though I don't let myself have that time. Yeah. You're, <laughs> I feel like the, that combined with being a Virgo could lead to being the kind of person who will take on everything and then low-key feel kind of mad that they're doing so much. But like yeah. they're, they like took on everything, <laughs> yeah. you know? Um, your moon is in your 10th house, which I found really telling because that's the house of career and public image. Oh, um, wow. People, weird. It's weird because people with 10th house moons, they're more likely than others to have a life in the public eye. Interesting. And be, you know. I didn't ask for this life. This life asked for me. <laughs> this life literally shows you. Um, people with 10th house moons, though, they um, they tend to have very public careers. Um, and it can be kind of daunting because it's not that you necessarily want to have everything about your life in the public, but your career and the public just have been unintentionally tied. Um, it can be frustrating because people with 10th house moons, um, rather than having a very dull, stable job, it's more like big highs, big lows. Yeah. And it can be frustrating because your effort will not always equal success. Okay. Which feels unfair. Right. Because you're like watery, emotional moon is like, what the heck? Like I poured all my energy into this. Like you got, you know, this should be amazing. And like, it's not working out. But um, there's also chances that your occupation will, like, shift drastically at some point in your life. Okay. Noted. Interesting. Um, yeah. And also 10th house moons, uh, I find that because the moon can be a psychic planet, you are very intuitive with what the public wants. Hmm. Girl, my, what video is going to be the next viral hit? <laughs> Ooh, just give me a moment. Let me get in touch with my moon. <laughs> my, wait, my... My moon. My yeah. moon? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, my watery moon. <laughs> I can't get that image out of my head. Just like a blobby watery moon. Yeah. <laughs> like dripping. I find it fun. People with 10th house moons, the moon's a feminine planet. So it's likely that you'll work with lots of women, which you do. Hey. Um, but the other thing that kind of sucks is that because your moon is like your private planet, criticism against your work is deeply hurtful to you in a way that 
Mm. It might not be so for others. Yeah. Or you might take it kind of personal if someone's judging your career or your career choices. Uh, but you shouldn't let your, you shouldn't, like, who cares? Okay, no problem. Haters, you know? Yeah. I'll just, like, use that moon like a tennis ball. Bye. Haters Bye. back off. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have an ascendant in Leo, which I didn't expect. But, like, I think I could kind of see it. A Leo ascendant. They're very magnetic, radiant, likable, kids at heart, like to goof off, like to spread joy, like to make others feel good. Um, they, you like to encourage others to be their best self. But a Leo ascendant can have high standards. I'm saying this as a Leo, too. Um, <laughs> uh, fame and influence might come more easily to you than others. And I imagine you're very good at motivating groups of people. Like, if it's, like, the office is kind of down, I feel like you could be the one to be like, come on, guys. Like, let's let's do this. <laughs> Maybe, I don't know. Let's Defer it. to my gallery over here. <laughs> <laughs> um, Leo ascendants um, pay a lot of attention to appearance. They like to feel regal and look put together and that's not even just in like your way you dress it's even your environment you like a well you like a beautiful home yeah I'd go more mm-hmm. with that one you I like definitely like space. don't pay as much attention to myself well, just that, the bare minimum I have to to be on YouTube every week that might get back to the why you don't collect things because you care about the appearance of your home yeah, yeah. that's kind of true um I find that a Leo ascendant uh they love a grand gesture you know uh, and you can be selfish in a subconscious way. Not selfish in terms of it's me, me, me. I just mean more s- Leos can prioritize their feelings mm-hmm. um, and it unintentionally hurts others. Because sometimes you can get too into your own head or what's going on with yourself and then forget that like other people have feelings too. That's like opposite of what the mm-hmm. Virgo kind of said. I know. Yeah. It's like conflicting energy. Plus like your, I feel like your Venus sign means this isn't as true. Okay. Um, which is. Leo ascendants, not, not everyone believes this, but yeah. uh, the ascendant will sometimes indicate health issues and, oh, health, God. and health issues for Leo ascendants are most um, prominent in uh, the heart and the back. Oh my God. I hate that. <laughs> How's your heart been feeling? Like good. How's your back? I got it rubbed out the other week because, <laughs> like, good. it randomly just, like, got a little crink in it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, overall. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, your Leo ascendant, I, I would say the combination of your well, – in astrology, we talk about the big three. Yeah. Which is your sun, moon, and rising. Yeah. So, I would say as a Virgo um, and a Gemini, you're, like, a very mental, analytical, in-your-head type of person. Mm-hmm. But the Leo sort of gives you a confidence and a sort of – warm sunny playfulness playfulness. I am a little bit weird which maybe I get from my Leo because (laughs) I don't know if I'm getting that from my Virgo (laughs) I would say a Gemini moon is the strangeness okay also that maybe um uh, the reason I said you were a Virgo Virgo earlier is because your Mercury is in Virgo Mm. it's a really great placement I also have a Virgo Mercury (laughs) um because Virgo's at home in that sign so uh Mercury is the planet that rules Virgo having your Mercury be in Virgo it's like a good it's a good place it means you're a really good communicator you um everything you say is thoughtful and delivered detail oriented you're definitely the kind of person to make a checklist you're probably the person you're like a planner you're an organizer mm-hmm. uh, it would totally make sense that you do the accounting or like the businessy yeah. technical side or the calendar schedule that kind of <laughs> stuff makes total sense you actually have the patience to uh work out a schedule or make a checklist Mm -hmm. you know you probably really hate people who are unorganized and messy on the low or get confused (laughs) does anybody love them (laughs) messy or unorganized people but again the the biggest fault of a murder mercury is taking on too much work out of eagerness and then sort of resenting it later when you're like oh god 
too much work. That's true. But your uh, your Mercury is in your second house, which is again a, a cool placement for money. Um, it means like you're naturally good at analyzing and working with money, numbers, business. Um, it also indicates that you will make money through spoken word mediums like the internet oh, stop. and writing. Um, we should have gotten high before doing this. <laughs> you heard a lot more woes. Um, I would say finding work isn't necessarily something that will ever be a struggle for you. And you're more likely than others to have multiple streams of income, which oh. would make sense having an internet job. It's not like you work for a company who gives you a paycheck That's and like so blah, blah, blah. So uh, your Venus is in Libra, which is really beautiful. Again, it's another planet that's at home where it should be. Libra is ruled by Venus. Libra, it's the scales. It's the sign of balance. Libras, I like to think of them as very pretty, romantic, blush pink. Um, Color my bedroom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Libras, uh, Libra Venus people, relationships for you are all about balance. Um, You are in love with the idea of love. Uh, but you can fall in love really easily and then just as easily be like, no, 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 no. Like, I, I'm not down for this anymore. True. Um, but the thing that you like the most from a partner, I would say, is fairness and kindness. You don't really like people who are rude and aggressive. I mean, no one really does. <laughs> but, um, I would say the thing that you do the most in a relationship is trying to impress people with uh, your willingness to put in the work to make the relationship work and your willingness to be the mediator. Um but the sometimes you could probably get taken advantage of because you're so good at keeping love fair that you can stay quiet about things that are upsetting you. Mm-hmm. I think I am a very fair person in my relationship. Mm-hmm. Relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I would say Libra Venus doesn't necessarily shy away from communication and putting in the work in a relationship in terms of, you know, oh, like, I'm going to do this for you because you did this for me. And, like, I understand that, like, I have to put an effort in, too. But you also need to be careful that in love, um, if someone is treating you wrong, you don't just, like, shut it down to be like, oh, like, okay, but I don't want to, like, cause a fight because Libras can be very non-confrontational. Right. Okay. But Libra is not always about love, the House of Venus. It also has to do with, like, your aesthetic. So I would say you love uh, design, decoration, luxury no way not wrong right. you're cheating <laughs> who knew that the sorry girls would love design and, uh your libra venus lies in your third house which is the house of communication art and your siblings um i would say that it gives you an inherently artistic nature so your taste and design skills are really innate to you um i would say that when you have a partner because your venus is in the house of communication you really want someone who can match you intellectually and your uh, mental energy someone who can have like a stimulating conversation with someone you can freely talk to and not feel the need to edit yourself with yeah this is why i always date older than me because <laughs> i feel like that's where i get the intellectualism yeah. is from people that are a little bit older yeah and like, wiser you don't want to just like go to the movies and go home and like talk about yeah. youtube like you want to like talk about like i don't know you want a partner who will match your energy and teach me things Mm because I like learning yeah I think especially as a Virgo absolutely I would say that you um learning was probably something you really enjoyed as a kid low-key maybe did you like school Mm, it was okay I definitely like learning more now I think Mm -hmm. and finally Mm -hmm. uh your Mars sign is in Cancer oh which I just like have them all over the place yeah and it's in the 11th house uh Mars in Cancer I would say it means you're not an aggressive person yeah, uh, I would agree. You're not one to, like, 
go off the walls and like fight somebody if no. you're feeling really angry. No. If anything, the issue with a Cancer Mars is that they internalize all of their anger heavy and defense over offense every time when it comes to conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and internalizing anger is something that Cancer Mars really need to learn to work with because you can take everything personally and then you never let your feelings out. And then when they do come out, it's probably just like random crying or like <laughs> burst into tears moment where like, I don't know, someone with a more aggressive Mars sign might like, I don't know, want to fight or like scream or like punch something. I feel like you would be more to like, you when you do explode, it's more emotional than aggressive mm-hmm. yeah um also mars um it has a lot to do with um the way you approach intimacy and like sexuality and sensuality and i would say for you when it comes to like intimacy with a partner uh emotions need to be involved you need to feel cared for and protected and secure mm-hmm. and you're not necessarily aggressive i would say no comment but uh <laughs> It's in the 11th house, which is the house of friendships, groups, and organizations. So it makes total sense that you would have a group of coworkers that you treat like a little family here, you know? Yeah. Or you would work with friends. It makes sense with cancer being a more emotional sign. Um, I think you pour a lot of your energy into your group dynamics in your life, mm-hmm. especially at work. It's where a lot of it goes. Uh, having a Mars in this house indicates good leadership abilities. Um, but you might also struggle with ego in group dynamics in terms of feeling the need to take charge but the mars being in cancer meaning you really don't want to step on toes or make anyone feel inadequate or like you're trying to take things over but you just naturally feel like you want to be the but my virgo probably takes over anyways (laughs) i would say i mean the advice for most people with mars in the 11th is to ease up on aggressive approach but having a cancer mars i don't think that you're probably aggressive at all i would also say that you there's a chance that you struggle with feeling far away from certain people in your life and like wishing you were closer but you're not so there might be like a part of you if it comes to like family or friend groups you don't see a lot like you wish you could pour energy into all these groups but like you obviously can't because you're only human Mm -hmm. you can only see people so often forgive yourself for the inability to be hyper involved in every single group in your life but also like pour your energy there because it's like something that would make you happy right is being in these group dynamics and feeling love from them my friend groups are one of my favorite things ever Mm -hmm. i think i've realized that more recently too though if i was going to summarize your birth chart and very quick i would say you're a mercurian mental person who uh, is an analyzer and a thinker uh, but you have so much drive and passion especially having a sun ruled chart with leo um, you have a lot to share. Work projects are really important to you. Um, but you need to stop being critical of yourself and others in your life if that's something you struggle with because uh, mistakes and mess can be okay despite what our Virgo hearts think, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it's okay to be messy, to make a mistake, to have something be less than perfect because you're a hard worker. And uh, you need, I think, something perfect for someone with a chart like yours would be finding stillness. And learning to check in internally every once in a while. It's good maybe like every few days or every day to like take 10 minutes to just like sit and like like check in what's going on inside, you know? Good mindful advice. <laughs> so do you Thank feel you like too. that explains you? It does. I feel like it's just so hard because there's so many like this planet's in this house and is ruled by this. It's just like 
it describes like everything you know what i mean i end up like having different traits from every single mm-hmm. like house and sign yeah your chart was um i like i relate like your chart is very all over the place there are some people who where it's like everything's in one house or like lots of their signs are the same and it's pretty straightforward but when you have energy like going everywhere and yeah like lots of different influences it can be like oh like what the heck's going on yeah but yeah it's like i'm a little bit of everything so am i really just any one thing Mm-mm. well hmm. that's deep but deep. there are certain ones that mean more right yeah like the, yeah. the major three you were talking about i would say the big three your sun moon and rising mm-hmm. are the things that primarily define who you are as a person in your day-to-day life where you're like venus and your mercury and your mars define the way you interact with people but not to the extent that your big three does. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really interesting stuff. I'll take that. So interesting. Okay. Let, <sighs> let's hear about me. <laughs> okay, Becky. Um, so your chart was very surprising to me. You have a lot of Taurus placements. That doesn't oh. surprise me. <laughs> which is like, um, so you obviously, you knew you were a Taurus before, right? Yes, because that's my sun sign, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you have a sun in Taurus, your moon's in Taurus, and your Venus is in Taurus. Whoa. (laughs) Grounded AF. Yeah, literally dependable, secure, stable. Um, You (laughs) also have a lot of eighth house placements, which is very... um, uh, the eighth house is the house of sex, death, and mysticism. What? Which I found, <laughs> which is why I was kind of shocked when I saw how many eighth house placements you had. I was like, oh my God. My life sounds like an X rated movie or something. <laughs> wow. right, I would say, yeah, the eighth house, though, it, uh, you can, people describe it that way, but it's, you know, deep issues, uh, the subconscious, secrets, um, okay. inner world. Um, so your sun is in Taurus and it's in the eighth house. So you're uh, Venus ruled. Tauruses are ruled by Venus. So they're down to earth. They love beauty and art and food and like, I would say like the pleasures of life. Like I, when I think of a Taurus, I think of like lounging and like beauty and like surrounded by gold. Like, you know, um, for a Taurus sun, I would say your priority is living well. Okay. Um, comfort and satisfaction. Um, Sometimes sources can be a little too self-indulgent and lazy, or people can criticize them for that. But when a Taurus wants something, like, they mm-hmm. will get it. Tauruses are stubborn, stubborn, stubborn. And if I had to pick a word for them, it would be deliberate. Uh, they are super rooted in the physical world as an earth sign. So when you want to put your effort into something, um, you are going to put your effort into it, and you will keep going at that goal, I think, long past when someone else might be like, oh, this isn't really worth it. Yeah. You're like, no, it's just going to take me longer, but like, I'm still going to try this. Yeah, I definitely know I'm very determined. Mm -hmm. Especially with a moon in Taurus, too. Like, I feel like, I feel like fighting with you, if you really had a strong viewpoint in a fight, like, you would, uh, even if you didn't win, (laughs) you wouldn't think you were wrong. Like, you can be be stubborn, stubborn. Um, Your son being in the eighth house, um, I would say that you're probably low key inside a very philosophical person. And a part of your life that you maybe don't share the most is that you truly strive for self-improvement and Mm -hmm. transformation. Uh, People with eighth house sons can sometimes feel like they're living a lot of different lives at once. Hmm. Um, So it's almost like you're constantly transforming. You're constantly going through different phases or you feel like you're changing into different people. Exhibit A, Becky's hair. (laughs) Yeah. Dark hair Becky came out to play. Totally (laughs) new person. Um, I would say... Taurus eighth house people are inherently um, like they're usually inherently sensual and seductive and eighth house sun people 
usually have natural psychic abilities and mostly manifesting in your intuition almost always being correct yeah yeah i guess i'd say that (laughs) especially because you have so many post placements i wouldn't be surprised if you're the kind of person who could like be like i know how this is gonna play out and it plays out that way and you're (laughs) like yeah it called it like true becky's like always right no Mm -hmm. i wouldn't say always (laughs) often it's one of those things that i'm never sure if it's like uh like because you say you say it like i can think of situations and i'm like oh yeah that's the reason Mm -hmm. or if it's really true you know what i mean yeah so your moon your moon is also in taurus so same sort of sun energy you know uh i'd say when it comes to your inner world um you really strive for security Mm -hmm. and i feel like something very important to you is probably home Mm -hmm. like your home life your home as like a physical space too like your actual house Mm -hmm. um i feel like you probably pour i mean i kind of know this because you're (laughs) the (laughs) vlog knows this too (laughs) but you pour a lot of effort into your home to make it a comfortable safe space for you to go down to at the end of the day and like unwind um you can be very stubborn um you can be calm with your inner self Mm -hmm. i find you maybe don't feel as frenzied as other people mentally uh when it comes to like I mean, obviously everyone gets stressed, but um, I'd also say having Venus ruled Taurus in your moon sign also gifts you with artistic talent in terms of design and your love of beauty in the space around you. I would say a a, a Taurus moon tend to avoid situations that are unpredictable or crisis inducing. So you prefer a reliable, secure life to like a crazy yeah. But at the same time, though, your moon is in the ninth house, which is the house of travel and philosophy. Okay. So you're not like a total homebody. I would say that inside you do have moral values and a spiritual way of looking at the world, or at least a philosophical way of mm-hmm. analyzing things. I would say that it can be an emotional is- issue for you sometimes, maybe, philosophy or um, the way you view the world. Um, I would also say that there's a strong chance that you will find lots of validation and self-realization through travel and experiencing new things. Yeah, I think (laughs) it's so hard to say, but now that you say it, it makes a lot of sense. Um, I do like to do new things all the time, but I like to, in my head, like know how they're going to go. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's like, we're going to go on this trip and it's going to be awesome. But in my head, I know it's going to work out. Yeah, it makes sense. Like, I'm not nervous about it. I'm excited for new things because in my head, I I know it's going to be fine. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you're the kind of person who would be more comfortable than others in an unfamiliar place. Like if you went somewhere totally foreign, mm-hmm. out of your comfort zone, um, you would you would find it exciting where other people might totally stress them out. You right. Might, you might see it more as like, I'm going to learn a lot about myself when I do this. It's going to be great. Um, I'd also say having a ninth house philosophical moon, um, you have a great ability to sort of escape into your own thoughts. Yes. <laughs> and just have a ponder by yourself. Yeah. So your ascendant is in Virgo, which is another Virgo. So that means your chart ruler is Mercury. It's funny. I feel like your charts kind of really complement each other as I was doing this. Like you guys share some similarities. Um, With an ascendant in Virgo, it pairs really nicely with Taurus. You have like a really reserved, intelligent sort of aura. People might see you as kind of like very cool and standoffish or like, you know, pretty solid person. Um, you feel the most secure when you're in control of a situation with work. You maybe aren't one to like love help. Um, in your work environment, people probably see you as very stable. It can be hard to get to know you though, because Virgos are shy. Mm-hmm. Okay, wait, can mm-hmm. I tell you something? I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. I'm a Virgo too, mm-hmm. <laughs> but 
I was actually on a date once with somebody and I just find like knowing because you're one of like the only tourists that I know Mm -hmm. and I just know like Becky's sometimes hard to read and like you can't tell what she's thinking and I'm on this date like I've been on a couple dates with this guy and I'm just like he's kind of like hard to read and like I don't really know (laughs) what he's thinking and I'm like he kind of reminds me of Becky in that way and I'm just like hey bro when's your birthday and he turns out to be a Taurus and I was like called uh, that and like that also justified my belief in astrology because i know there's like a one in 12th chance that like mm-hmm. this guy could have the same sign as you but it was just funny that literally going through my head i was like i can't read him it reminds <laughs> me of like becky's traits and i was like is there any fa- fact that he's a taurus uh-huh. and he was that's so fun like li- like seriously me on a date sometimes i meet people and i'm like when's your birthday i think i know what you're all about um <laughs> Yeah, I would say like an ascendant in Virgo, again, like kind of you're similar to Kelsey in a lot of ways. Um, I would say that when it comes to your appearance, your style of dress, it's usually pretty neutral, discreet. Um, I find Virgos love green. That is my favorite (laughs) color, TVH. (laughs) Um, I would say you're the type of person who needs to analyze things before you warm up to a situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, Virgos, especially Virgo ascendants, can be kind of particular when it comes to their bodies. And when I say that, I just mean more like you actually you we take a more active role maybe in terms of like your diet your health like it's kind of important to you Uh, you might prioritize it more than someone else would okay uh virgo ascendants have a tendency if we're talking health like i did for kelsey um, oh my god their health issues most often have to do with their nervous system sleep and anxiety um that sounds more like me (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'd say virgos in general are prone to being kind of hypochondriac sometimes or like very nervous there's just a lot of energy happening (laughs) especially with a gemini moon i found crazy your mercury's in aries it's also in the eighth house uh like your sun uh a mercury in aries uh so mercury is like the way you communicate with other people i would say that you are a born leader you have a lot of energy and enthusiasm when it comes to saying what you have to say Uh, you can probably be pretty sarcastic and expressive you might be one to exaggerate things you're very original. I feel like you would be the friend that says the slang that other people pick up on. <laughs> Daniela. Um, wait, yeah, that's, that's Daniela. Daniela. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd say an Aries Mercury loves winning an argument. Communication is pretty honest and quick. And sometimes they can suffer from foot and mouth syndrome. Like you just say something without thinking. But you're also a Taurus. So yeah, I don't think that's that happens to you as often. Becky's um, <laughs> like, no. Sometimes Mercury Aries people in childhood can struggle with finishing tasks. Like you start a lot of things and then <laughs> kind of give up on them halfway through. How many DIY projects do you have that don't finish as a kid? Not, oh, as a kid, I don't know. But mm-hmm. also it goes back to saying if I... I want something done, I'll do it. Yeah, yeah so it's, it's that I lose Completing. interest and I don't care anymore. If I want mm-hmm. it finished, it's finished. I'd say like that when you're motivated, you are hyper energetic. Yeah. And having your Mercury in the eighth house, again, gives you a very good analytical mind. I feel like you would be very good at uncovering secrets and also very good at keeping them. I love escape rooms. <laughs> Random fact. <laughs> yeah, eighth house people love focusing on details, filtering information, um, you probably want a partner who you can get deep with. Uh, you probably low-key love a good conspiracy theory. Oh, <gasps> my God. Don't tell us that. We, we watch conspiracy theories, like, all the time. <laughs> Becky, you do? Yeah. Austin and I. All the time. I mean, we are you a talk flat about earther? That. No, but we watched that movie together and loved it. <laughs> loved it. I didn't love it. So your Venus is also in Taurus, and it's in the eighth house. Again, like another eighth house placement. It's like I feel like you probably, because of all this eighth house energy, 
when people look at you, they might see you as someone very intense and very cool. Yeah. You know? Cool cool and, like, cool. But also cool in terms of, like, you're not, like, hot-headed yeah. or, like, crazy Just, everywhere. like, calm. Yeah, calm. I guess calm would be the better word. <laughs> cool. But, no, I'll take my leather jacket yeah. and black sunglasses. You know? Cool. <laughs> Leaning on the brick building, like, yeah, smoking a cigarette. Exactly. You know? Um, so Venus and Taurus, I would say when it comes to romance, solidarity is key. Um, I would say that when it comes to love, you're not one to rush into things and you don't, you hate the drama, uh, and like the flight, like flightiness and fluffiness of like dating around and like blah, 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 blah. Hashtag married. Exactly. (laughs) It makes total sense to me, especially because you're like a Venus and Taurus that you're married. Yeah. Uh, It like, I feel like Venus and Taurus, they're not afraid of commitment. Um, they can, your Taurus can be hard to pinned down but like if you want something you want it so like if you meet a partner and you're like i want you in my life you're, mm-hmm. you're not afraid to be like yeah we're gonna get married like <laughs> we're dating like it wasn't entirely my idea but i see where you're coming from yeah um i find venus taurus when it comes to love um they really like the physical but in terms of like you know you like hand holding you like massages that you like was cuddling. my number one love love um sign what's the word love, love language love language really? was physical touch yeah yeah it makes sense like kelsey's libra venus I would say would be more communicative, talking, intellectual, but a Taurus Venus is definitely more physical. That was totally our answer, which well, is so man, wild. I hate this. <laughs> Shout out to that, that you're right. <laughs> um, I would say, yeah, Taurus Venus, love, love. Um, you are hesitant with love, though, until someone can match the loyalty you're willing to give. Yeah. Um, and having Venu- uh, Venus influence... Um, with, with like Taurus being Venus ruled in the sign of Venus makes total sense that you would want to pursue something creative, artistic, design, nature, especially the material. Like the fact that you guys actually like build mate- with materials mm-hmm. like it's not just like, you know, writing a book or something. Mm-hmm. Um, again, in the eighth house, it means I would find for you love can probably be something very deep and intense. You want like a soul connection. You don't want just like oh like this is my husband and like <laughs> we're in lo- like you want like your partner like you want yeah. that person to be like yeah that's my person i actually hate the word husband because it's like it's so much more than that right <laughs> you know that, let's see so i know i know yeah I, I would feel like you were never one for like a one night stand casual encounter type of culture <laughs> it wasn't like your your vibe um i find eighth house venus people um their deep feelings about love can make it really intense and amazing but can also sometimes, if in a negative sense, create issues with jealousy or possessiveness when love is threatened. So it's very important you, for you to find a partner where you can't, you don't feel those things. Mm-hmm. Like if you had a partner who was like cheating on you or wasn't committing, it would probably drive you crazy. Yes. Like absolutely. <laughs> I mean, most crazy. people probably, yeah. but yeah. Uh, yes. People with eight health Venuses are more likely to be into the taboo. When it comes to, like, their lives. Wow. But okay. Because the eighth house is the house also that represents joint finances, it also indicates that usually marriage will bring about good luck financially to both parties. Joint income is, like, a prosperous, like, good thing. Okay. There's some, wow. There's sometimes people will have negative aspects where it's, like, like, I have some negative money aspects and I hate looking at them. Oh, <laughs> but, no. Uh, um, yeah, I don't know. I would say that... You love love, but in a very intense way. Mm-hmm. Some probably more intense than most people. But Taurus Venus are like deaf's marriage material. <laughs> <laughs> like down for companionship. It makes total sense to me that you'd be married. You know, wifey material. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, your Mars is in Pisces in the seventh house. Mars representing your drive. Um, I would say your aggression, uh, the energy that like pushes you through life. I found it very interesting that both of you had watery uh, Mars signs. Okay. Because um, I would say with two watery Mars signs, I would say you guys aren't aggressive people. No. I, like even if you guys have conflict because people have conflict, humans have conflict. I don't think you guys are the type to scream when you're no. in a fight or no. like yell or like break something or, you know, it's more emotional and internal. With the Mars and Pisces, I would say your biggest motivator and drive is usually emotional in nature. So you're one to lead from the heart. Um, you might also find that you sometimes have dreams uh, when it comes to like conflict and or if something's like really bothering you, you probably dream about it. More I was than telling these guys would. about my dreams today. I dream a lot. Really? <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. I feel like you'd be the kind of person where if like you were in a situation that was really eating up a lot of mental energy that you had to pour your energy into, you would have a dream about it. Yeah, totally. Probably all the time. Yep. <laughs> um, what I'd say when it comes to conflict, um, you are the person who observes and then speaks when the time is right, but this can be negative for you because it makes you feel detached from moments when you should be acting. So I feel like sometimes Mars Pisces people, they feel like they're, they're like going to stay in the background and wait for the moment to speak, but then the moment passes and then you feel kind of crappy that it passed i don't know the passing thing but the waiting to speak thing is such a thing Mm -hmm. yeah i'll be like going back and forth about like a million different things i'm like what if we do this blah 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 blah, 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 blah." and i'll Mm -hmm. like go around in circles and then becky will just like be waiting there quietly and then (laughs) she'll like say what she thinks i'd say sometimes people might perceive you as passive and think that you're not contributing but you're truly just biding your time like you're just waiting to because you're not gonna like waste your time like going 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 until you're like okay this is the situation this is what i'm going to say to respond Mm -hmm. um i would say that you feel a drive to share your feelings for like cathartic emotional release though because you have so much eighth house energy you're definitely more secretive in nature so this might not always be true it might be more true for like you with like your partner or someone you're super close to than like strangers yes Mm -hmm. but um you will take on the emotional pain of others with no complaint. Like, I feel like you're probably very empathetic Yeah. with people. Um, people with displacement can often struggle with self-confidence, though. Um, sometimes in childhood years, um, you might have felt you were often the loser in conflict because you waited too long to speak. Your biggest lesson in life will be to find the strength to stand up for yourself and to not hold anger inside. Because when you hold emotions and they manifest in hurtful ways, most likely dreams and nightmares because it's a Pisces placement. Right. Um, your Mars being in the seventh house. Again, this is why I was like marriage material. Seventh house is the house of like marriage and uh, <laughs> partnership. So it makes sense that you would pour a lot of your emotional energy into marriage and partnerships. Um, I would say that you really like marriage, but um, marriage is not something that will cause you to lose your independence because your Mars is there. Yeah. So you weren't, you're not the kind of person who got married and then just disappeared into that. And you're like, I'm a wife now. And like, that's it. Like you still, you're still doing your thing. Oh, yeah. And like, <laughs> you still have your drive for what you want. I kept my last name, if that says anything. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like you're not, like marriage is definitely something you pour energy into, but it's not something that blocks you. I would also say that you want a partner who challenges you, who helps you with projects, who matches your energy. It would make sense if yourself and your spouse engaged in activities together, especially like outdoor activities. Mm-hmm. Maybe you guys could also be low-key competitive. <laughs> the one thing to watch for this placement is aggression 
and working on gentleness and diplomacy. But again, uh, the Mars being in Pisces, I don't think it's very aggressive. Mm -mm. But I would say working on um, pouring your energy equally into equal areas of your life is something good for everyone. If I was going to summarize Becky's chart, I would say you are a Taurus Taurus, dependable, stable, secure, maybe stubborn. With all those eighth house placements, you probably have a very intense inner world that not a lot of people know about. Mm -hmm. And you're fueled by a need for deep connection. A ninth house moon indicating lots of deep thinking as well. I would say you have a lot to stay inside, but you can get stuck internally and only feel comfortable opening up when you have a very solid foundation to do so. I would say be careful to not get swept away by emotions and dreams. Um, your partner is something very important to you, so you should vocalize all of that to them. I'd say, oh, I do. <laughs> I would say your life path and journey is all about self-improvement, like learning about yourself yep, and yep. constantly making changes and improving. Yeah. Which is like true for everyone, but you probably think about it more than most people. I've, I find those self-help books so interesting to read. <laughs> <Yeah>. So self-helpful. <laughs> so help, self-helpful. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like how can you not believe astronomy in some way when it's so, I feel like that's so accurate and I know it's like people take the parts that like they're like oh yeah you like the parts that don't connect with you you're like oh let's just put those aside but let's really focus on the parts that you do make sense and do relate to who you are but I feel like there's way more things that relate to who you are than don't relate to you are. And, and when it doesn't relate, we're like, yeah, that doesn't relate. And then there is always an excuse. It's like, oh, yeah, but also there's this thing in Venus. So that cancels out this, like, house placement. But mm -hmm. I still think, like, overall, it is pretty specific. And it was interesting hearing yours at the same time because there's not a lot of stuff that she said about you that I'm like, oh, that could be me or that's me. That's me. Yeah. It's like hearing someone else as well as yours, it makes it more clear that yours is so specific mm -hmm. to you, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because when you hear it just on your own, it's like, you like doing this. I'm like, yeah, but everybody likes doing that. And you're like, actually, no. Not everyone likes doing that. <laughs> Not everyone. That's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you guys, like, if I was going to analyze your charts as friends, it I think you it makes total sense that you're both in the arts. It makes total sense that you guys both love design and art and, like, aesthetics and are very into, like, you know, fashion, design, beautiful, like, Venus-fueled. Because you both have so much Venus in your charts between, like, your Libra Venus and, like, you being Venus-ruled as a Taurus. Um, I think, like, definitely, uh, I feel like Kelsey is probably the thinker, but is also maybe a bit more go, 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 talk, talk, talk. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. not to be, like, no, like, and just in, like, a very Virgo way. Like, you're, like, hands-on and you're, like, ready to do the work. And you're ready to do the work in a more quiet way. And it would make total sense that I feel like when you guys are both working, though, I could imagine you guys both just like heads down, like just doing it <laughs> and not speaking to you each other. Danielle is, Danielle is shaking her head. Yes. <laughs> like, yep. Yep. And like, I feel, I don't know, like a Leo ascendant. Like, I make sense that you would like not like you're, you know, you're on camera, like you're on YouTube, you're doing something creative. Uh, you don't shy away necessarily from the public life. But I do think you guys also have a lot of placements that indicate being private especially Becky I feel like you're probably the way more private one or internal one yeah I'd say so mm -hmm. in yeah. terms of like I feel like if anyone was gonna go on to be like a daily vlogger it would be like Kelsey <laughs> but also the Virgo jumping out of Kelsey would be like I'm not sharing all my personal shit on the internet like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. still want to have my own life I like how you're relating this to YouTube right? yeah, but it's so interesting to see it like play out in real life yeah, yeah. 
But I feel like if you start looking at every single thing, it's like, yeah, you're going to be able to pick up on, like, mm-hmm. every part of your personality because you are, like, touching almost everything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it def- definitely would be interesting to, like, meet those people that have everything kind of, like, in one area. Oh, yeah. You should talk to Justin. He had, like, almost everything in one area. It was crazy. I've never, like, and this is, like, so sidebar, I've never seen an astrology charts like Justin. Like, I don't what? even know. What? What was his, like, thing? I wish I could. I remember. I just remember it being, it was, I think it was a lot of Scorpio placements or something. But I remember looking at his chart and being, like, I don't even understand how he's, like, walking around here like a person what? Like, wait why living his life so just so because he's supposed to be quiet oh it makes total sense that he's quiet yeah right and yeah daniella was like messaging me from work like you should do this for like my friend justin and i was like yeah sorry it was 12th house placement so like the 12th house is like the house of like transformation but it's like super dark like super dark transformative solitary like whoa total like phoenix from the ashes rebirth and he has almost every single planet in the 12th house almost all of them and i was like what and then he has lots of pisces placements too which means he's like i'm like i feel like you were so emotional but so quiet yes (laughs) and like quietly smoldering somewhere i think that seems right (laughs) yeah like i was looking at his chart and i was like whoa this is crazy town like and then I was texting Daniela, like, is he like this? Or, like, you should <laughs> tell him that. Yeah. That's the coolest part is that you can, like, read these mm-hmm. and not know the person. Mm-hmm. And then, like, that shows that it's not, like. It's not random. Yeah. It, yeah, exactly. You're not being, like, oh, I'm, I'm assuming these things. You're not projecting anything because you don't know these people. Yeah. Plus, like, I mean, like, I watch your, I watch your channel, like, and, but I tried not to, like, I, I feel like I'm, I know that you're obviously not exactly who you are on youtube all the time yeah you know like there's way more to a person than like what you see in like a 10 minute of course like video so i tried not to let that totally inform me yeah like again like things were shocking to me like kelsey having a leo ascendant i was like super shocked and i was like i wonder if she's like a really social person and has like lots of friends and actually really enjoys going out and stuff because i feel like you would and then like becky you having so many eighth house placements and so much taurus i was like I feel like she's the type of person at the end of the day to be like, I'm going home. <laughs> like, she just goes home. And I'm like. Which is opposites of us. And I, like, saw it. And I was like, she's married, right? I feel like she was, like, I feel like she must be married. I feel like. Goes home I, to that. Yeah. Then I remembered the vlog. And I was like, oh, yeah, she is married. Of course. <laughs> like, it makes sense. Or, like, if you weren't, I'd be like, she's going to get married probably. Soon. Definitely. <laughs> like, at one point. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for, like, reading who, into who we are. And helping us understand ourselves a little bit better and even knowing how we interact as friends (laughs) and, like, business owners. But before you go, can you tell us if who we're with, as in our love interests, if that's, like, a good thing or a bad thing? Yeah. Bring Um, it on. Okay, really quick. I'm dating somebody who's born November 18th. So there's Scorpio. Mm -hmm. Um, I I mean, if I was going to go just based off the sun sign... Um, I would say that's like kind of a cool match. Uh, Scorpios are very dark and intense and moody and broody, um, but they're also super passionate. So you yeah. having so much to like, I feel like a lot of your chart is driven by communication and a Scorpio would struggle with that for sure in terms of like opening up. But once they do open up, they definitely have the intellectual depth and uh, way of talking about the world to match your energy. Okay. Like yeah. A Scorpio person. Scorpio is in a house the weather type of person. No, 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 no. You know? Oh. It's like, what does the weather mean? Yeah. Scorpio will be like, tell me about your childhood, like on the first <laughs> date or something. Yeah. Interesting. Becky. Okay, I've got June eighteenth. 
Oh my god, 18. I know. And my birthday's September 18. Oh, 18's the best number. 18. Is that a good one? Yeah, I think it's a good sign. Uh, Gemini. I love a Gemini as a Leo. I love Geminis. I think, um, would you say he's, how would you describe him as a person in terms of energy level? Um, he, okay, so he's very focused on like his friend group. So people that he's comfortable with, he's very energetic. But mm-hmm. in new new situations where he quiet. doesn't know people, he's very quiet. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I love I love Gemini's. Gemini's can be very childlike, versatile. People call them two faced. I say adaptable. I say that they're very good at being talkative and friendly and mm-hmm. adapting to the situation. It would make total sense that he like, you know, has friend groups that he's like. I feel like he'd be like super fun and outgoing with a friend group, but then like maybe like more like emotional and quiet like at home and then like maybe like more like dominant at work and then more like a different way with his parents like Gemini's are very like okay they, mm. they can multifaceted but I think it makes sense because you being so grounded I feel like you would be like a solid earthy place for this <laughs> flighty air ruled Gemini to like come home to kind of thing okay interesting I think it's a good pairing I I mean I just really like Gemini's I have so many Gemini <laughs> friends so I'm like, I should introduce I you <laughs> I'm so biased I'm like yeah Gemini's but I also love Scorpios too they can just be really intense they but are intense slash mine is really intense yeah I feel like they can be really dark they're really interested in like the taboo and like or like they're like a conspiracy theory watcher you know they're <laughs> They're a deep conversationalist. They're passionate, but also very creative. I feel like a Scorpio could definitely match your energy. Like, if you want someone you can get deep with, a Scorpio, for sure. Yeah. 100%. Okay, okay. I love that. Well, thank you so much. This has been so interesting. I know. I think that I became more of a believer. I believe, I believe. Anything called astrology. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Thank you so much, Savannah. If you guys um, are into astrology do you believe in it do you not believe in it i'm really interested to know email us your thoughts on this whole podcast or what you thought about our reads do you think they were accurate you can email <laughs> us to podcast at the thanks guys make sure to give this a review and a rating if you don't mind all right we'll talk to you guys next week bye, bye.